Hoppaday, and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. It's 3.04 p.m. on Friday afternoon, October 7th. Hope you're having a great Friday afternoon at the end of a wonderful week. Mostly cloudy skies outside, 87 degrees, 47% humidity right now. Barometric pressure, 29.73, holding steady. Breezy afternoon, 15 mile per hour winds out of the northeast. And it's a good afternoon. Glad that you are with us. Maybe you're picking up your kids from school. All the car line is dissipating. Maybe you're one of those folks that has us tuned in on your car stereo, 88.1 FM. Glad you're with us. Maybe you're one of those folks that listens on their computer at work or at home through khmg.org or through www.hbcguam.net. You can listen to our live stream over the radio, over the internet, that is, through those two sites. Maybe you'd like to download the podcast through SoundCloud. KHMG.org has a link to our podcast through SoundCloud. You can download the archive broadcasts and uh, listen to us at your leisure. Maybe you use the TuneIn app. Some people, like myself, when I know I'm access to a radio, what I do is I click on the TuneIn app. It's so easy. It's on my iPhone. It's free, downloadable. And when I have my data plan or 3G or my uh, Wi-Fi available... I can listen to this radio station over the internet through my phone through the TuneIn app. So check that out. TuneIn at one word, T-U-N-E-I-N. You know you can make contact with us through Facebook. Harvest Family Radio has a Facebook page. We try and update it regularly. As a matter of fact, tonight, after this show is over with its live broadcast, we will upload the podcast version of this show in its entirety. Also, if you ever miss part of the show, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m., catch us on The Rebound as we rebroadcast the show in its entirety. For those of you who are not wall-to-wall listeners, some people just can't catch two hours of radio at one sitting, but then catch a few minutes here and there as they're running errands and heading off to different uh, things around the island. Or maybe you want to listen to one of the interviews or segments for a second time, or you want to pass it on to someone else, tell them about the show. Noon to 2, Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night. Those will be the rebroadcast episodes of this live episode. Again, it's Friday, October 7, 3.07 p.m. We are soon to hit our 190th episode. When we hit the big 200, we're going to have to do something special. Maybe we'll do a chocolate chip cookie drive, and then all of our listeners bring a dozen chocolate chip cookies and... uh bring them here and just pile them on the table. We can have just this giant mountain of chocolate chip cookies. And then we'll get as much coffee as we could possibly drink from the hub. And we'll just have a cookie coffee party right here. Um, there's only three of us up here, but we will we will take care of all the donations. So we're still working on that. It's kind of wet cement right now. But glad you're with us. So today... It's really our first broadcast in the month of October. Month of October is a a full month, a lot of observances and holidays in October. For example, did you know that October is Adopt-A-Dog Month, Adopt-A-Shelter Dog Month, AIDS Awareness Month, American Cheese Month, American Pharmacist Month, Antidepressant Death Awareness Month, Apple Month, Bat Appreciation Month, Black Speculative Fiction Month, 
Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Bullying Prevention Month, World Blindness Awareness Month, Caffeine Addiction Recovery Month. I don't need it. Celiac Disease Awareness Month, Celebrating the Bilingual Child Month, Children's Magazine Month, Christmas Seal Campaign, Church Library Month, Church Safety and Security Month, Class Reunion Month, Co-op Awareness Month, and Corn Month, to say the least. There are many, many others. We'll talk about a few each week. This first week has been a full week. For example, it's been Universal Children's Week. It's been 4-H week, 4-H. Some of uh, our staff members grew up in the 4-H system, not here on Guam, but back in the States. Great Books Week, International Postcards, Mental Illness Awareness, Mystery Series, National Carry a Tune, National Chimney, Safety, National Midwifery, National Work from Home, Nuclear Medicine and Molecular Imaging, Customer Service, Drive Safely to Work, Financial Planning, Kids Goal Setting, National Health Care Food Service Week, National Heimlich Heroes Week, No Salt Week, Spinning and Weaving Week, World Diary Expo, World Dairy Expo, sorry, the Diary Expo would be a different time, the Dairy Expo, World Space, National Physicians, Old Time Fiddler's Days, and National Storytelling Weekend is this weekend. Then a few special days this past week. For example, today, did you know today is Lee's National Denim Day, like Lee Jeans, National Diversity Day, National Frap Day. Maybe we'll get some fraps from uh, the hub here in a little bit. National Personal Safety Day and World Smile Day. And finally, You Matter to Me Day. Yesterday was the Mad Hatter Day and National Depression Screening Day. Hmm, I wonder if those are connected. Uh, On the 5th, National Kale Day. On the 4th, Blessing of the Animals Day or Blessing the Pets Day or World Pet Day. Improve Your Office Day, uh, Cinnamon Roll Day, National Taco Day on the 4th as well, National Ship in a Bottle Day, on the 3rd, Child Health Day, Day of Unity, Techie Day, World Day of Architecture, the 2nd, Change the Light Day, uh, let's see, Guardian Angel Day, and the 1st, CD Player Day, one of these days in the not-too-distant future, Children will not know what a CD was, and all they'll have to remember it by would be anachronistic allusions to it during movies and stories or the celebration of CD Day. Now, this brings us up to one of my favorite segments of the show. It's called The Buck Stops Here. Words of wisdom from the desks and walls and quotes of famous men in American history, barons of industry, scientists, theologians, scholars, presidents and politicians, preachers, you name it. They said something good or they had a cool quote on their desk. We'll probably mention it eventually here. Today, very famous quote. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. Yes, that's right. FDR, Franklin D. Roosevelt, U.S. President. 
Born January 30th, 1882. Died April 12th, 1945. Graduated from Harvard and Columbia University Law School and Groton Preparatory School from Hyde Park, New York. Died in Warm Springs, Georgia. FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, said, We have nothing to fear but fear itself. And that's The Buck Stops Here. I love that segment. Looking at quotes from people in the past. I guess we can't really look at quotes from people in the future, so I could just say just, you know, quotes. How about this? Uh, some idioms. This is my homage to a former team member and regular segment host, Nicholas Brown, who really kind of introduced us to the wonderful world of idioms. We used to play a game, the idiom game, and he would find obscure idioms and see if we knew what they meant. See if you know what these mean. All these idioms begin with the letter H. To handle with kid gloves. Kid gloves are made from smooth hide of a young goat and are gentle to the touch. If you handle anything or anyone with kid gloves, you've been careful and gentle. I would have never known what kid gloves were. I mean, now I think about it, a goat, a kid, yes, but to treat gently or carefully. How about this? You might actually be living this, a hand-to-mouth existence, hand-to-mouth. Writers were using this saying in the 16th century. Imagine a starving person who was given food. If he could, he'd save some for later, but because he's so hungry, he gobbles it all down. Every morsel goes directly from his hands to his mouth. Now we say basically that of someone that lives day to day. It means you're spending your salary as fast as it's earned without saving any for the future. Living hand-to-mouth or hand-to-mouth existence. How about this one? Your hands are tied. People started using this expression in the 1600s. It calls upon the image of a person whose hands are actually tied together. They can't paint a picture. They can't change a tire on a car. They can't do anything meaningful when their hands are tied. Today, the saying has nothing to do with your hands actually being tied up. If you want to do something but are prevented or forbidden by forces or people beyond your control, you could say your hands are tied. How about this one? The handwriting on the wall. This is another Bible idiom, comes from the Old Testament. The king of Babylonia had a vision in which he saw a mysterious message written on the palace wall. Many, many, tekel, ufarsin. Daniel was sent to explain the meaning of the strange words. When he arrived, he told the king that it was a warning that his kingdom would be conquered. In time, the prophecy came true. Today, we say that you read, you, if you can read or see the handwriting on the wall, it means that you're seeing the signs that misfortune is coming. Something bad's about to happen. How about this one? Anyone ever say to you, hey, brother, just hang in there. Hang in there. It'll get better. Hang in there. Well, it's American slang. Probably comes from boxing. A fight fighter who's exhausted but doesn't want to give up might hang on the arms of his opponent or on the ropes around the ring. So if you're going to hang in there, it means don't give up. How about hang out your shingle? 19th century America, when professional people opened private offices, they hung out signs that were often painted on a shingle, a thin piece of wood used to cover the roof or the sides of a building. Today we use the phrase hang out your shingle to refer to the whole process of opening up your own office, renting a space, filling it with furniture, hiring help, and hanging up signs to announce that you're in business. 
hanging by a thread. There's a myth that tells the king in the 5th century BC who grew tired of being told how wonderful he was by a flatterer named Damocles. The king threw a magnificent banquet for Damocles, who was having a grand time until he looked at the ceiling. He was shocked to see a large, sharp sword hanging by a single thin hair and pointing straight down at his head. He quickly learned his lesson. Power and happiness are not secure and usually depend on the will or favor of someone else. Today, when people are in risky situations, we say that they are hanging by a thread. And finally, I use this phrase this week, actually, hat in hand. For centuries, people have begged for money in public by holding out a container to a passerby. Often, it was their hat. Taking off your hat in the presence of others is an act of respect. So a person, even one without a hat, who is begging for favors or forgiveness is a person with his or her hat in hand. It would be similar to the phrase, pass the hat, but it means to behave in a humble and sorry way, to beg or plead for a favor or a pardon. That's what it means to have your hat in hand. And those are idioms from the Dictionary of Idioms by Marvin Turbin, book provided to us by uh, Idiom Lover, uh, PC, one of our faithful listeners. Scholastic book. Thank you very much for that. Been using this for a while now. We love it. That's the idioms. That's the buck stops here. That's the celebrations and observations of October. Now we're going to take a short break. When we come back, what's in my coffee? This This day in history, stranger than fiction, and our topic of the day. Stick around. More Live Till 5 after this short break. back with a little more live till five i'm your host jared baldwin it is 3 21 p.m on friday october 7th beautiful friday afternoon at the end of a nice week we've had our summit meetings this week and spirit week it's been long days for a few of us but uh, totally worth it hundreds and hundreds of visitors to our different church events this week been a real blessing to have uh, aaron and steph coffee here on guam I mean, how, how could you go wrong with a name like Coffee anyway? Of course, most people are going to love you anyway. And uh, he's a great preacher and uh, just godly guy, godly couple, and uh, did some music for us and then spoke at the different events. Uh, Aaron preached on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, and then Monday night, our men's night, we had a cornhole tournament, and uh, we had about 140 men come to that. It was just great. We had 82 guys participating in the tournament. Tuesday night, our teen night, we had probably 200, maybe a little more. Wednesday night, over 400 children and 200 adults. And then Thursday night, last night, we had well over 200 to 250 ladies uh, 
at our ladies chocolate and coffee night so just a great time a lot of people came out got to hear the gospel saw so many visitors if you were one of those visitors we invite you to come back we'd love to have you come back again we just thoroughly enjoy having guests come to our ministry and uh allowing us to show a little hospitality so so just a great week long week Kids are kind of, the high schoolers are a little bit sunburned from playing all the outdoor crazy games. They're probably all going to sleep well tonight. But uh, the nice thing is they kind of cut back on the homework and testing and things like that to give them a break during a week like this. So next week we have Monday off too to help recuperate and then Tuesday come back to work and uh, it'll be good. It'll be a good week next week. So, so glad that you are with us and just wanted to kind of roll out our topic of the day. Not going to talk about it a lot in the first hour, but uh, you'll notice that once you know the topic of the day, that sometimes other things just tie into it. Like uh, as I was researching our topic of the day, I kept coming across other stories that had to do with like current events and the news and things. And I realized, wow, this is this is something that uh, really is very pertinent. So our topic of the day: fears and phobias. Like lightning strikes and quicksand and things like that. It all started with a conversation about quicksand. My wife saw uh, someone made a comment about, you know, all that thinking you did when you were young about how would I survive quicksand uh, never really uh, was that useful of information, something like that. And uh, got us thinking about all the different things that we're afraid of. I have a list of fears and phobias here. This is from fearof.net. Uh, arachnophobia, most people know what that is, right? Fear of spiders. Ophidiophobia, that's the fear of snakes. Acrophobia, that's the fear of heights. Agoraphobia, I think this is from a uh, Charlie Brown special, but anyway. Agoraphobia, the fear of open or crowded spaces. Sinophobia, uh, the fear of dogs. Astrophobia, the fear of thunder and lightning. Claustrophobia, the fear of small spaces. Uh, let's see here. Mysophobia, the fear of germs. I do not like germs. I don't fear them, but I don't like them. Aerophobia, what do you think that's the fear of? Yes, you're correct, the fear of flying. Uh, tripophobia, that's the fear of holes. Uh, carcinophobia, that's the fear of cancer. Let's see here. My list continues. Uh, let's see, phanatophobia, that's the fear of death. Uh, let's see here, glossophobia, the fear of public speaking. Monophobia, the fear of being alone. Uh, let's see here, attichophobia, the fear of failure. Ornithophobia, that's the fear of birds. Elect- now, this one will throw you off. Electorophobia. What do you think electorophobia is? If you had electorophobia here on Guam, you would be paralyzed. You would be stuck in your house. You could never go through this village, that's for sure. Electorophobia. A-L-E-K-T-O-R-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. Electorophobia. It's the fear of Chickens, the fear of chickens. Anaclophobia, the fear of crowds. Uh, let's see here. Oh, this one's this one's a common one. 
Uh, trypanophobia, trypanophobia, the fear of needles. Anthropophobia, the fear of people. Aquaphobia, the fear of water. Autophobia, the fear of abandonment. Hemophobia, the fear of blood. Uh, I think that's like people that faint when they see blood. Uh, let's see here. This one's appropriately named. Gamophobia, gamophobia, the fear of commitment. So many uh, young adults play too many video games, and then they never commit. And that's why they have fear of commitment, gamophobia. Maybe, maybe that's not it. Oh, here's one. <clears throat> this one is a real phobia. And uh, this has, well, let me just read it to you. This is one word. It is a hippopotomonstrosequiptaliophobia. Hippopotomonstrosequiptaliophobia. Uh, the fear of long words. I kid you not. Xenophobia, the fear of the unknown. Vehophonia, the fear of driving. Uh, let's see here. Bassophobia, the fear of falling. Uh, achievementophobia, the fear of success. Theophobia, fear of God. Uh, Alorophobia, the fear of cats. And finally, this one is uh, sad phobia. Globophobia, globophobia, the fear of balloons. Maybe we'll read a few more fears in the second hour, but that is our topic of the day. Phobias and fears and sometimes irrational. What are you afraid of? What would be your top fear? We're going to talk about what are the top fears of people in America and uh, the top fears of people around the world and what should you be afraid of versus what you're afraid of. Now, when we were talking about the fear of quicksand the other day, I was thinking back to all those Tarzan afternoon specials I watched at my grandma's house growing up. And you realize that in every episode of Tarzan, at least one person dies in quicksand in the jungle. At least one person dies in the quicksand. Um, number one, I don't know if there is any quicksand in jungles. Uh, it's a pretty rare situation. And surprisingly, a lot of quicksand is actually in England. Maybe that's why. Uh, maybe that's why they're in the Tarzan stories because the writer of the tar original Tarzan stories was from England. But you know, the fear of quicksand and how to get out of quicksand when you're a kid. You think about that. I remember going hiking and looking out for quicksand, walking along a creek or a river bank. And saying, watch out, that looks like quicksand over there. Yet, in reality, uh, that was an irrational fear because there was no need. I've never seen quicksand. and I've traveled the world. I've never been in quicksand. I don't know anyone who's sunk in quicksand, like up to their chin or anything crazy like that. Now, maybe they have quicksand in Alaska, for example. Chris, do they have quicksand in Alaska? Okay, it depends on it depends on what you're referring to as quicksand. In the riverbeds, um, in the interior, mm -hmm. they have silt that comes from glaciers. Okay, okay, it's very very fine. It's literally the ground underneath the glacier that is being 
ground up as the glacier moves. Okay. So it's extremely thin. So in a river channel, you'll have the uh, you'll have the silt move in such a way that it changes the channel of the river daily, mm-hmm. hourly, sometimes. So uh, one time, Deborah and I were hiking in Ninana, which is a little village south of uh, Fairbanks, Alaska. And uh, we we kind of got turned around and lost a little bit. And we were going to try to cross this area where the river, uh, it looked like just, you know, sometimes the river, just a piece of it just peels off a little bit. And it's a little bit of a, a channel off to the to one side or the other. And we were going to try to cross that. Well, it was literally like you see in the movies, kind of a quicksand. Really? You started sinking into it. And and you're talking about you're getting up to your knees, then you're getting up to your thigh. I mean, it's it's really Gee. bad. So I had to I had to like stand on the side of the bank and um pull Deborah out of it and she had to leave her boot in oh, the sand. No. I mean in the in the yeah. silt. And then um anyway, so it was it was bad. I mean, yeah. it was genuinely bad. Like I thought you know how you think you you think ah we're gonna get out of this no problem right 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 and then you start to think we ain't getting out of this right like, right right that moment when it turns from it's no big deal to oh boy this is right, bad right and that moment happened but we we ended up getting out of it then I started asking around and people said oh no you don't want to get in that it it's just like um, so I don't know what that's called I don't think it's quicksand yeah. But it's that silt when it's wet and it's a certain consistently consistency. And um, I have it. Um, some people told me that um, people down south of where we were um, have actually died in that. Well, so, I think I think you're in the. I think I think that is quicksand. I mean, I have the National Geographic news here. Quicksand science: why it traps and how to escape. I remember watching these Tarzan films when I was a kid, and you know. Tarzan would always just go and grab some vines like they were a yeah. lasso and throw them to Jane or Cheetah the Chimp or whoever is stuck in the quicksand yeah. and, or the, the native or whatever, pull them out, and they were saved. But uh, then the bad guy would always get in quicksand, and they wouldn't save him. Wow. You just well, see I... him go down. But this is what in the National Geographic – let's see if this sounds like what uh, what you're talking about. Stumbling in – this is from the National Ge- Geographic again. If stumbling into quicksand ranks in your list of worries, don't panic. You won't sink, at least not all the way. Real quicksand is certainly hard to get out of, but it doesn't suck people under the way it always seems to be in the movies. And um, let's see here. Uh, it's a combination of fine sand, clay, and salt water. Uh, the ones at least in Europe are. Uh, but it's, it's, it remains very, it gets thick but very sensitive to the smallest variations in stress. At higher stresses, quicksand liquefies very quickly, and the higher stress, the more fluid it becomes, causing the trapped body to sink when it starts to move. Quicksand has a density of about 2 grams per millimeter, but the human density is only about 1 gram per millimeter. At that level of density, sinking in quicksand is impossible. You would descend up to your waist, but you'd go no further because you're basically buoyant. But you can't get out of it. But yeah, you're stuck. You're right? stuck. You're totally stuck. And and if you fight more, it sounds like the viscosity and things gets even denser around you, and it's even harder and harder to get out. 
So uh, let's see here. During their study, researchers place an aluminum bead. Okay, so they say metal is much denser, of course, than the human body. So they put an aluminum bead uh, on top of a container of laboratory-created quicksand. At rest, the bead remained on the surface, despite the aluminum's higher density. But then scientists started shaking the container. When they shook it, only a little, the bead stayed floating on top. When they shook the container a bit harder, the ball descended all the way to the bottom. And if quicksand becomes less viscous as you struggle, why is it so difficult to escape? The reason, explains the study of authors, is that after its initial liquefaction, quicksand's apparent viscosity or thickness increases. So it starts off kind of liquidy, and then the more you move, it gets thickened up again all around you. And that's, it sounds like that's the whole suction effect of uh, being in quicksand. So, well, yeah. yeah and, and the problem is if you try to quickly come out, that's the worst thing you can possibly right, do. Right. You have to slowly work your way out. And I'm, when I'm talking slowly, I'm talking, you're not, you're not moving an inch for a while. Wow. You know, you're wow. working your way out. So I don't know. I guess, I guess that's quicksand. I think I don't so. Know. I, well, maybe it's quick silt. But quick silt. I, I have to say, I saw a video of a, of a, a, fr- a free diver here on Guam who mm-hmm. came to Guam from some, I think he's an Australian guy, came to Guam to free dive a wreck um, over by the, um, I'm trying to think of where it, where it is, but it's over by the, the, um, power plant okay. i think yep out yep. in that bay there okay. and i guess there's a wreck there it's not too old mm-hmm. i don't know if it's a world war ii wreck or not anyway the point was after that he went to um to leo palace area and he got kind of stuck down in some stuff mm-hmm. that he was kind of pretending like was quicksand but right. he sunk way down in it and i was thinking I'd like to go. I'd like to see that because I, right. I haven't. I hadn't seen that before because we've been around. Yeah, Guam right, just right, a right. little bit. Yeah, and I hadn't seen it, but I wanted. But they have the kind of that clay there. Right, right. Yeah, and, all uh, the trails up so, there and stuff are very muddy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was very. I mean, he he legitimately sunk both of his feet sunk way down in it. So I'd be interested to hear if anybody has has seen that in that area yeah. or another area around Guam because you know it was it didn't look too dangerous. Right. But he definitely sunk down in it. Well, no one wants to get stuck in that stuff and lose your shoes and yeah. things like that and yeah. risk, you know, being legitimately stranded. Uh, yeah. You and your wife uh, are the only known survivors I've ever met of an actual quicksand um, uh, near tragedy. So that's that's pretty awesome. You have, and you my saved wife her tells life. It better. My yeah. wife tells it better because she got kind of, you know, a little bit frightened that uh, well and she lost her boot as well so but yeah. i think i bought her new boots I well think I yeah boots. You, you i can't imagine she walked around the rest of the winter because, with only one well boot because on. i led her into that ah okay fiasco yeah that makes so sense that's, yeah so it's kind of your fault in a way but fault. then you saved her also so she right. can't come they kind of nullify each other at least so. right yeah great okay well quicksand probably an irrational fear for most people but Chris has actually experienced at least the the Alaska version of quicksand. So, and everything's tougher in Alaska. So, you know, it's it. I just don't know if Tarzan, if in the jungles of India or wherever he was at, Af- sometimes it seemed like Africa, sometimes it seemed like India, sometimes it seemed like they're right next door to each other. But he always ran right through quicksand, and 
someone always died in quicksand almost every episode and their hat would just be laying on exactly top of the and, yeah it was like it was like yeah. uh bad bart the no. uh the uh poacher and his hat's just laying there yeah. or the or the the tribal chief that was chasing him and it's like just his like leopard skin you know yes. uh mantle is is <laughs> is right there and yeah, yeah sadly very sadly so all right well we're going to take a short break when we come back we're going to talk about this day in history plus we're going to play what's in my coffee because uh, the hub has so graciously provided some drinks for us here so listeners i'm jared baldwin your host of live till five we're here till five o'clock every friday afternoon live on 88.1 fm khmg harvest family radio we rebroadcast noon to two on saturday seven and nine p.m sunday night so please if you ever miss part of the show just turn on the radio at that time or download the podcast, khmg.org. We love to have people downloading the podcast. Just go to khmg.org. It's really obvious. There's four or five different ways you can listen to the show through our website. And let us know you're listening. Let me know if you've ever been in quicksand. Go to Harvest Family Radio on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, what's in my coffee and this day in history when we return? back with a little more live till five i'm your host jared baldwin it is 3 43 p.m on friday afternoon october 7th if you're listening live you might be listening to the rebroadcast on saturdays from noon to two sundays from seven to nine p.m there we go i don't know if you listeners at home experience some of the elation that we experience when we push the right button and things just come on <laughs> you know it's it's weird uh just a little technical uh jargon here as we talk about the biz it doesn't say main on there anymore so i didn't click on it anymore uh do you think that was the problem this whole time uh, well i don't know <laughs> mm. uh there's there's an issue that we've been encountering that's way too uh lengthy to discuss while we're on the air but let's just put it this way there have been tef- technical difficulties this week with um, left and right channel. Hmm. So, but that button used to say something. You say main, right? It's a long. And we click on it. Yeah, it's a long explanation of okay. why it doesn't say that anymore. But yes, I'm but aware clicking of on it, not it saying I think that. might have just fixed the little problem that we were having internally. Maybe. Yeah, and we that also. That gives me a clue as to another problem mm. that has been occurring. You know, there's so many listeners. If you need problems, wanna, I'm your guy. Yeah, we don't we don't want to bore people with this, but there are with a with an audio chain in a radio station like this one or any one. There's like a thousand things between our voices and listeners' ears or speakers or headphones. Right. That. You know, any of those thousand things could be the problem. Yep. And so if there's just kind of a random problem that you can't put your finger on, now you're just on a kind of a uh, uh, a wild goose chase to find the issue. So that's that's uh, the last few days we've been on a little bit of well, a wild goose chase. Well, and something I learned uh, 
back in my years in the biz when I was a full-time professional radio station uh, manager <laughs> and broadcast engineer uh, and accountant and janitor and weatherman, accountant? meteorologist. Wow. Um, yeah, we had like $10 in the bucket in there they collected for the CDs. Some That's had right. Key track. So, yeah. Um, but uh, interior designer, to name a few. Uh, don't mention it. It's no big deal. Um, anyway, uh, I noticed that what you're counting on is that the people on the other end assume it's their radio. Is that right? So anytime there's something not right, it's like, what's wrong with these speakers? Oh, this car stereo. I need to get a new car. Martha, this isn't working right Except anymore. Except when they turn to the other station and they find out that it's working fine over yeah, there. Yeah, well. You That's know, kind of the flaw in And then here. you guilt people into, don't I'll turn t- the dial, no I'll matter t- what happens. Don't you, turn this dial. You know what my secret is? Is when something goes wrong, right? Let's say, let's say something is, is totally messed up. At the times when something messes up, I just assume there's not very many people listening. And that makes me feel better. Oh, there's not that many people listening. Yeah. Then when something goes great, I just assume there's lots of people yes. listening. <laughs> yep, yep. And then that makes me feel better. And so hence the tension of this show. Right. Because it is a, a basically a two-hour compilation of things that are going right and wrong. Right. In like rapid succession. So it's like wrong, right, right, wrong, 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 right, right, wrong, right, wrong, oh, wrong button, oh, oh, did I just say that over the microphone? Yeah, that kind of stuff. And so it's yes. kind of like this, yeah. this, you know, it's like a war inside of me. It's easy to make yourself feel better when you don't know what's happening on the other end. It's yep. much easier. Yeah, yep. and uh, Lawrence Nangas is here speaking of uh, making yourself feel better. Hey, how you doing? Uh, great. Uh, Spirit Week's over. You got your uh, suntan? Yeah, yeah, just finished. My, yeah. my nose. Uh, you're, you'll be the only mistaken for peely nosed guy at Maranatha Baptist University you when you're recruiting next week. You're probably true. Everyone's gonna think you hopefully just came it back might from be a Caribbean done. It might be done something. by. Uh, it might be done peeling by the time I get there. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. who knows? Nice. Well, you know what also makes our day go better? Free drinks from the hub. Not that everyone gets them. You have to have your own radio show, and you have to have like a posse of people, entourage that works with you. But, hey, this segment is brought to you by Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop Bookstore, the best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, books, gifts, including the largest selection of Yankee candles. I can't really say that anymore. I think we have the second or third largest now. But uh, we do have Yankee candles, lots of them. And uh, let's play a little What's in My Coffee. This is the segment where we have been provided these wonderful drinks, and all they have on them are numbers or or initials if they make one specifically for us like they did today for me. Uh, and we don't know what the drinks are. Now, I know for sure this is not a pumpkin spice latte, even though I was talking about that a lot in the last couple of weeks. That's not what this is because mine is a an iced carbonated beverage it's clear for the most part, except for the condensation on the plastic Solo cup. And uh, about 16 ounces is sweet. Tastes like a cream soda, sugar-free. So I'm, I'm going to say like a, a vanilla fruit splash sugar-free is what I'm going to guess. These are carrot cups, by the way. Carrot brand. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Instead right. of Solo. Um, if, if Solo would, would sponsor us, I would, I would say we Solo could. more often. Yeah. <laughs> so now, Chris, uh, your, yours is also an iced beverage. It's an iced beverage. This is the sound of it. That's the sound know. of there's it. Not ice. Much, there's not much ice mm. left. Mm. Um, this is a, a fruity drink. I, I, it looks like just your standard calamansi mm-hmm. juice. Could be. Could be. And it might be, but I let it melt 
yes. for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. I let the mm-hmm. ice melt, and now it tastes a little watered down. So I'm having a hard time determining. I always have a hard time determining. Yeah, but when it's watered down, unless it's, it's plain worse. old mocha, then you right. you usually get that right. And then you doubt yourself though, and you're like, well, it can't possibly <laughs> be just a mocha. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is this is good. I mean, I was thirsty, so it's I fruity. Just started drinking it. It's probably a fruity, citrusy. Citrusy. I okay. think it's a calamansi. Okay. Cooler or whatever. Okay, all right. And um, Sebastian, is yours clear, or is it just the green of your shirt shining through your cup? I can't tell. Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Okay, okay. Um, I actually, it's it tastes like the carbonated water again with possibly like lemon flavor. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I I also have never had calamansi, so I have no idea if it could be that. You've never had calamansi? I know. Well, one of our listeners, please uh, uh, take this guy out and get him some calamansis. (laughs) So they are what? good. It yes. tastes like it tastes like uh it tastes like a little lime. It's actually a lemon, it's I believe. A, yeah. It's a lemon family, but it tastes it looks like a lime. It's green usually. Ah. Unless it's overripe, then it's like bright yellow. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Wow. Very good. Yeah, okay. And then Lawrence, you have a hot drink. Yeah, I wa- I walked in here. Uh, I was outside most of the day, as my nose would tell that story. Um and, and I looked and, and saw a hot drink before me. I'll have to be honest, I was a bit disappointed. <laughs> so I went and got myself some cold water. And so then I took a drink. And I believe like what you were saying, the pumpkin spice latte, uh-huh. that's exactly what I believe this is. And the ironic part about it, not even ironic, coincidental, is I had one this morning, actually. Really? Uh, around 8.30. So <laughs> this two is, for... This is uh, caffeine addiction month. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I'm gladly just taking some water. But yeah, I'll drink well, coffee. Hey. So you're right. It is a pumpkin latte. And uh, it oh it's yeah, frap one. month too. You could get that in a frap, by the way, if you got it cold yep. and blended. Uh, number two is Sebastian. It's a mango pineapple splash. What? I have a sugar free <laughs> lemon, sugar free vanilla splash. Ooh, nailed it's like that a cream one. soda. And mm-hmm. then um, Chris, you have a calamansi drink. So Great. it's calamansi yeah. juice and uh, uh, seltzer water. It's really good. So yep. now um, I know Lawrence. You just came in and. Uh, what I'd like to do is to round out this hour. We'll save this day in history for the well, top actually, of the hour. If that's okay. I'm, I'm a concern. My phone's going to die, so I was oh. just going to give a little Spirit Week. Snippet. Oh, give us that. Give us that. Uh, that's no, great. we can go do that. I, I'd I was going to do hour. a little, a little, uh, a little quiz on phobias here with you guys. Yeah, go ahead. I'll do that in the top of the hour. That's fine. Okay. What if I have a quiz phobia? <laughs> that, that's a <laughs> thing. Hate that. That's a hate thing. That. All right. Here we're going to start towards the end of the list here and uh, work our way backwards here. So. <clears throat> uh, taphophobia. Is it the fear of zombies, the fear of ants, or the fear of being buried alive? Taphophobia. Do you, how do you spell taph? T-A-P-H or T-A-F? T-A-P-H-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. Taphophobia. The fear of zombies, the fear of ants, or the fear of being buried alive. You listeners at home or in your car, play along. I'm going with ants. Ants? Like not your uncle's wife, but ants, like the little creatures. Okay, just ask. That's how we say it in Missouri. I think it's zombies. Zombies? What do you think, Chris? No, I'm going with buried alive. Oh, wow. Buried alive is correct. Oh, come on. All right. Yeah. How about this one? Uh... Scoli, uh, scolacephobia. Scolacephobia. Wow. Is it the fear of rain, the fear of roller coasters, or the fear of worms? Scolacephobia. 
the fear of rain, the fear of roller coasters, or the fear of worms. I'm not hearing any Greek. Man. Uh, worms. Roller coasters. Sure. I got worms, too. Worm. <laughs> Can you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> I've got worms, too. <laughs> we are going to get that little snippet and use that. I got worms, too. Yeah. <laughs> Last oh, week wow. on Live Till 5, what was the correct Chris answer? Harper said, I got worms, too. Worms. Oh, okay. It was worms. Okay, here you go. Chris is good at this. So uh, here's the easy one, all right? Uh, Disposophobia. What do you think it is? Just... You, no you don't want to throw anything away. Correct. Yeah. The fear of getting rid of stuff. Yeah. How about photophobia? Fear of being in the afraid, photo. Afraid of uh, pictures. Afraid being, of or getting rid of pictures. Or um, this fo- this copy. phobia would have existed even before there were photos. Yeah. Well, fear of having your image taken down somewhere. A fear of memory. A fear of light, like oh, photo light. cell yeah. photosynthesis. Okay. Uh, yeah, how about uh, okay? Here's a good one. Allodoxophobia. Allodoxophobia. Is it the fear of work, the fear of clowns, or the fear of opinions? Allodoxophobia. The fear of opinions. Hmm. Oh, or the so fear sure of work or the fear of clowns. Uh, Allodoxophobia. Opinions. opinions. Uh, uh, maybe clowns. Confidence. Uh, wow. So I'm going to go, go with, with work since he hasn't uh, yeah. reacted yet. I'm going to go with um, what was the what was the other one? There was there's work, work, work clowns, work. and opinions. Allodoxophobia. Wow, man. I'm going to go with clowns too. Mm, no, that would be cholerophobia. Coolrophobia. C O U L R O. Cholerophobia, which I'm going to talk about in the we, second we hour. We know somebody with listeners. That. You're yeah. going to have to tune back in because I'm going to talk about cholerophobia in the second hour. A lot allodoxophobia is the fear of opinions. Yes, got it. And uh, the reason we're doing this for our listening audience is it is our theme of the day: are fears and phobias and other things like that. So here's another one: uh, the sphexophobia. Uh, Sphex. S p h e k s o Phobia, sphexophobia. Is it the fear of technology, the fear of the future, or the fear of wasps? Hmm. Future. Technology. Wasps. Wasps is correct. Uh, Boy, Chris, there's you're been a good theme here of every things. last one he gives has been correct. So I should just guess mm. that from now on. Boy, you would is that think. True? Well, so far, <laughs> wow. opinions, wasps. Um, buried alive and okay. Here's one. Worms. Here's one. Uh, nosocomiphobia. Nosocomiphobia. Is it the fear of loud noises, the fear of hospitals, or the fear of school? Nosocomophobia. Wow. The fear of loud noises, the fear of school, or the fear of hospitals. No. Not or the so fear cool. of school, the fear of hospitals, or fear of loud noises. See, I mixed it up so you can't yeah. get the last one this time. See, now it's almost like that Princess Bride where it's like, <laughs> you, you, you mo- I most definitely cannot choose that one because you'd think. <laughs> but not, yeah, I'm not yes. going to go. I'm going to say thing. hospitals. I'm, I'm just going on that. Yeah, I'm going to go school. Hospitals. Hospitals is correct. I'm just going to say okay. whatever Chris says. Yeah, Chris has been money the- on this. What in the world? <laughs> Here's the last one. Last one of the day, guys. Uh, Poganophobia. <laughs> Pogonophobia. Are you scared of the pogo Pogonophobia. Stick? <laughs> the fear of belly buttons. Oh. The fear of beards. 
or the fear of talking on the phone? Poganophobia. Probably beards. Belly buttons. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say talking on the phone. It is beards. beards. The fear of, ta- uh, of beards is pogonophobia. What do you, and, you have uh, fear of beards? Fear of beards. I don't know. I don't. What are these people? I don't know. They. You how would they function? That. You can't live in Canada. You can't be like a fear. guy generally. You yeah. Can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'd be shaving at midnight. Yeah. And yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Wow. You'd, yeah. You'd be terrible if you had that. That's why you do premarital counseling. Make sure that she doesn't have pogonophobia. Yeah. Just in case, because you don't want her to like. One year in, what? realize that she can't stand the look at you because you've got a beard and she's afraid of your beard. Yeah. yeah you know, some of, these, some of these fears overlap, and we're going to talk about that in the second hour, but uh, we're going to go to the news here in just a moment. Uh, stick around. More live till 5 in the second hour. So, guys, you stay around, and uh, listeners, you stay around as well as we take a short break and come back after the SRN News. You are listening to Live Till 5 on KHMG 88.1 FM Harvest Family Radio. Stick around for more Live Till 5 after this short break. back with a little more live till five i'm your host jared baldwin it is sometime in the afternoon 403 p.m on friday the 7th i hit the uh, blow up button and now i can't see uh, the top of my screen oh there it is there we go 403 p.m friday the 7th glad you're with us on live till five we do this every friday afternoon live on the air talking variety mostly lightweight funny stuff sometimes some heavier topics we talk about the news some stories we find in the news, uh, this day in history, what's in my coffee, stranger than fiction. We've had the occasional poem or soliloquy. We've had, uh, uh, I think we had a poetry slam one time. Hmm. We've had long-distance phone calls from from uh, friends all around the world. We've done all kinds of crazy stuff, live interviews in here. And uh, this week, Lawrence Sunburned, <laughs> the sunburned version of Lawrence is here. It's true. To give us a quick Spirit Week recap and a brief This Day in History. So, Lawrence, take it away. Uh, yeah, I'll start with a little bit of This Day in History. I'm not sure um, how many things I'll get to. 1492, Columbus misses Florida when he changes course, ends up in uh, in the Caribbean islands there, Bahamas and, and south. Um, so, sadly, even though he's a lot of times... Um, credited with discovering America. He never actually came to North America. Ford Motor Company institutes the world's first moving assembly line in 1913. That was massive. 1916, Georgia Tech, coached by John Heisman, defeat Cumberland 222 to nothing. Whoa. The most lopsided score in the history of college football. I don't even know. I don't even begin to know what a game like that looks like. And and when you two hundred and twenty-two, yeah, I didn't even do the math on so you that. Score like you scored thirty touchdowns, basically, is roughly what thirty touchdowns 
Um, in 30 minutes. Yeah, plus extra points in 60 minutes. 60 minutes. So you're scoring wow. you're scoring a touchdown every two minutes throughout the entire game. It would take so. you almost that long just to snap the ball and run. <laughs> yeah. So they're basically scoring on both sides of the ball. In fact, I bet I'd like to see the what, who scored, but it looks like probably a lot of defensive yeah, touchdowns. Because, yeah, because the other team would have to get the ball. Right. Even the other team has to get the ball. You're either three and out in less than a minute, and then you're scoring the next play. Or you're getting interceptions and fumbles, which, honestly, if that's how the game's played, I could easily see it. If you're hitting them so hard they're fumbling on the 20-yard line and all you're doing is picking it up and running it back, you could score a lot of points doing that. So wow. I, I'm not – I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll look that game up and Butterfingers see Butterfingers exactly McGee was the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Yep. and uh, he only played that one game. And then, uh, I don't know. Uh, 19 – Let's see, 1950, Whitey Ford wins his first World Series game. The only reason I bring that up is because that's what's happening right now. We have Toronto put a, in, a complete beatdown on Texas today, 10-1. to 1. Yeah. First game of the uh, the AL. No, it's not the ALCS. It's this the AL um, side. Yeah. Uh, they're starting to play. Uh, wow. Uh, they just were in the play-in game, barely got in by the skin of their teeth, and then come in and just – smoke texas in the first game a lot of a lot of baseball to be played so no worry for texas but it is a little bit jarring when you feel like you should be able to take care of business there at home um let's see that'll probably do it for this day in history mm-hmm. and uh, i'll just give a little bit on spirit week we had a great four days the last four days honestly believe it or not the lord was incredibly gracious in the weather specifically most of the rain every we morning had, it was raining. Yes, most of the rain we have or had in the week was at night, mm-hmm. which cools things down a little bit. Right. Um, well, this then, morning it was pouring rain at eight o'clock, and Ken's yeah. like, "Uh oh, we're not going to be able yep, to do outdoor we're in games." Trouble. But then by mid morning, the sure sun's enough, out, everything's dry. Yep. Never had another drop of rain. Actually, at about noon, there was a very light misting for about fifteen minutes, not enough to necessarily get anything super wet. But honestly, every outdoor game we had was in the sun. And uh, and that one day, I remember Wednesday, we played our game. It wasn't even that cloudy. We dismissed everybody at three o'clock by three o five. It was a it was a deluge out wow. there. Wow! So uh, Lord was really good there. So great weather. Uh, all four teams very involved. This year was a Hawaiian theme, so we had four team names called Ahi, and Nalu, and Lani, and Mauna, which hmm. is mountain, yeah. um, wave, cloud, and fire. Cool. So. Um, that was pretty fun, and then Nalu won. Uh, last day, they put a beat down in a couple games, and uh, they won. We had a great speaker, um, Mr. Aaron Coffey, um, brought the word every day. A couple times a day, his wife also came out and spoke, uh, which was awesome, uh, to the ladies a couple times uh, on Wednesday and Thursday. So it was just a good week, get away from school a little bit. Uh, I know the kids, before, uh, besides Columbus Day, which is awesome, and have Monday off, three-day weekend after this week, uh, they got four days of first quarter left. And then they're done with first quarter. Report cards will be home the next week. So I know they're looking at a lot of work to either turn in or, or get going here in the next week, but um, uh, they'll, they'll make it. Yeah. So overall, really great week, great weather. Uh, gym was used like crazy, uh, of course, for all the indoor games, but um, a lot of fun. I hope the yeah. kids get some rest this weekend for sure. And you're heading off island to do some recruiting. Correct. I'll, I leave tomorrow at 7. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Anyways, it'll be good. I'll, I'll probably sleep most of the planes. Yeah. Uh, plane rides. Uh, I head to Greenville, which is getting beat by some weather right now. In fact, tomorrow I'm kind of hoping I get I'm able to fly from Atlanta to to Greenville because that's kind of when the area is yeah, getting right, hit. Right, right, right. Um, but then I'll be there about four days in Greenville, uh, do some recruiting for the school. Then I'm up to Iowa in Faith and Ankeny, uh, 
and then I'm going to go see my sisters in, in Baltimore for the weekend and then finish off at Maranatha the following Great. week, and then I head back here. So Great. looking forward to it. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun, um, but a lot of energy used here to, to make sure I don't um, – I get some rest and don't yeah. forget that I just gave a bunch during Spirit Week. So right, right, right. Yeah, you uh, gotta keep your health up as you travel. Right, exposed to a lot of germs and stuff, and trapped in an airplane with a bunch of people breathing <laughs> on you. you gotta, gotta, yeah, gotta watch. be careful of that. Pump the fluids and uh, yeah, and just uh, you know try and eat as healthy as you possibly yeah, can. Yeah, I'll see both your kids. So looking yeah, forward to that. I'm, That'll be a lot I'm of fun. glad for that. It'll be an encouragement to them, and yep. that we probably have fifteen to twenty. Uh, Harvest grads and uh, that are at the different Bible colleges, Christian colleges. So it's a great opportunity to uh, give them some kind of midterm encouragement. And uh, glad sure. you get to go. So, and then I know Lindsay; she'll be fine. She'll have people She's gonna watching make out for her. So. She's going to make. Yep, it'll yep. be good. Although today, because our theme was fear, she walked in the office, and I just turned around. I said, "Lindsay, what are you afraid of?" And when it came out of my mouth, it sounded like I'm. She was like mid sentence on something else, and so I would just meant to ask her like, "What are your phobias?" Yeah, but she's like, "What do you mean? <laughs> like, like, what are you afraid of? Like, wh- you know, why won't you just do what you're supposed to?" What, it, yeah. it, she what took she it said. the wrong way at first for one brief second, and then she realized. I was like, "Oh no, I just mean like, what are you afraid of? Like, I'm doing a topic on yeah. fears, and what I'm about to do tomorrow morning is one of her greatest." Yes, uh, she listed actually uh, almost everything she listed is in the top ten of all fears yep. most people have. Yeah, so she comes so. by it honestly. Yeah, per- yeah, is standard American. Oh boy, or standard oh boy. human being when with fear. Yep. Um, here, let me before you leave. What would be your guess? Uh, fear of bananas would be called. Um, orangutanophobia. No. <laughs> what do you think, Sebastian? Banana phobia. Yeah, it's right. Banana phobia. Wow. You're, oh. you're a scholar and a gentleman. I know. Uh, <laughs> it, let me give you one more and see if you guys get this, and then we'll let Lawrence go because he's got to get out of here. So how about this one? Uh, galeophobia. G-A-L-E-O-phobia. Fear of galeophobia. Wind? It is either the fear of frogs, the fear of being forgotten, the fear of cockroaches or the fear of sharks? Oh. The fear of cockroaches, the fear of being forgotten, the fear of sharks, or the fear of frogs? Which one is galeophobia? Fear of being forgotten. I'm going to go with uh, sharks. Uh, cockroaches. All right. It is sharks. The fear of sharks. Shoot. Galeophobia. The fear of being forgotten is athazaragoraphobia. Wow. Cockroaches is catzaradophobia. What? I don't Cat-zara. know. what That's the... Cat saridophobia and uh, the fear of what was the other one? Frogs, ranidophobia. So, yeah. What? What's this one here? Because that one is definitely one I have. And oh, the needles. Don't. No, the one above that. The picture above that. Oh, uh, oh, bees. No, what, that's what, not bees. That? that is. What is that? What does it it's, look like to oh, you? Is it bees? Because those things that have the holes in mm-hmm. it. Yes, like that. That bothers me. It's it not used to polka be in dots. Those, it, it, you mean like, like in those old uh, flower arrangements where it would have like a, yeah, a pot that, and it has the holes that, in it. That you're drives afraid me. of those? N- not afraid. It. It. it no, it, Curtis, it, I'm not afraid. Not it, at all. It, it, you're no, you're in a cold sweat right it. now. It just makes me. It they just makes you me. Yes. You don't like. Really? I don't like the yes. look of it. Well, uh, I I don't think there's a fear of 
thingies with holes in them. I, I'm looking right, <laughs> right here, but I well, don't see the scientific. I, I, I'm disappointed I point that out. Myself. Thingies with holes, holes in them. In it, fear. Mm. Yeah. Oh. You have entomo, uh, entomophobia, which is the fear of bugs and insects, which I think that is a That picture may of. be what it is. But right. I know exactly what you're talking about. It, they're those weird pod things with holes in them. Yeah. I don't that are like in, the look um, of that. Yeah. In uh, all flower arrangements made before 1993. Yeah. They yeah, were at every yeah, funeral I know home. Exactly. Yes. Before, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like now, it. yeah. When you say funeral home, that makes it double bad. So. <laughs> See, there you go. A lot more to that memory. Well, Lawrence, have a safe trip. Hope I appreciate you ha- it. Hope you have fun and uh, yeah, I'll say be back, hi to uh, my three kids. Three weeks. So. Uh, we'll be back in action. Great. Twenty eighth. Awesome. I think this is your first time recruiting, right? It so, is. It is. Right, yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Bring back some good names. Yeah. I found you know Sebastian. Yeah. Look at this guy. Here he sits now. Yeah. This time, bring back good names. Bring back <laughs> more good names, more good names. So and uh, pog- pogagophobia or whatever. Uh, you know, as I look at Sebastian's beard, I can see how people get that fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. No. No sound effects on the microphone with your beard. That would. That'd be funny. If cut my listening audience in half. That's 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 a new fear that Lindsay's going to have is fear yeah. of her coworkers' beard. So Lawrence, have a great trip. Have a lot of fun, and uh, uh, we will cover this day in history for you next week. So. All right, Uh, and so Lawrence is heading out, and we are going to head out to a short break. When we come back, we do have the news, and uh, we will enjoy a little, well, I don't know. If it's bad news, I guess we're not going to enjoy it. There is some bad news, yeah. yeah. We will enjoy the delivery of the news, even though it might be bad, uh, from Chris Harper, station manager, all-around good guy. So stick around. A little more Live Till 5 after this short break. And we're back with a little more live till 5 for 18 p.m. on Friday, October 7th, here at the KHMG Studios, high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries. Still in studio with me. I didn't run him off. He's faithful to the end. Plus, he's afraid I'll burn the place down. Chris Harper, station manager, and uh, he's got some news for us. Chris, what's happening in the news? Of course, the first major story is Matthew. The first major hurricane threatening a direct hit on the United States in more than 10 years. It already blasted the Bahamas on Thursday and is headed for Florida. After killing 140 people in the Caribbean, mostly in Haiti, Matthew is carrying winds of 140 miles per hour. And it's pounded the northwestern or the northeastern, pardon me, part of the island chain en route to Florida and its Atlantic coast. The U.S. National Hurricane Center uh, just uh, reporting that today. The storm was likely to remain a Category 4 on a five-step Saffir-Simpson scale of hurricane intensity as it approached the United States, where it could either take direct aim at Florida or tear along the state's coast through Friday night. The uh, warning from the National Hurricane Center is of potentially disastrous impacts Hurricane conditions were expected in parts of Florida later on Thursday, and a dangerous storm surge is expected to reach up to 11 feet along the Florida coast. The last major hurricane classified as a storm bearing sustained winds of more than 110 miles per hour uh, that actually made landfall in the U.S. was Wilma 
back in 2005. From the Middle East, Israeli troops fired tank shells into the southern Gaza Strip Thursday in response to a rocket launched from Gaza that landed in an open area in southern Israel, the Israeli Israeli military is saying. No one was hurt in the exchange, but it came a day after another rocket landed, landed in the town of Sterot, also without casualties. Israel carried out airstrikes in response to Wednesday's rocket attack. An Israeli Air Force pilot who participated in those airstrikes was killed in a plane crash. Israel typically responds to any rocket fire, holding Gaza's Hamas rulers responsible for the attacks emanating from that territory since a 50-day war between Israel and Gaza militants in the summer of 2014. A ceasefire has largely held, but those militants in Gaza occasionally launch rockets toward Israel. Neither side appears to be interested in escalation at this point, though casualties could spark more violence. Now, this is a story that kind of relates to our theme for the day. Yeah. But it's also, it's among, I think I found six stories on srnnews.com related to this very topic. Okay. Okay. And this, does it have anything to do with presidential elections? No, it has nothing to do. Well, it could. It it could. I'll, I'll, I'll. Perhaps make a joke about that later. Okay. Carrying golf clubs, shovels, and hockey sticks, several hundred University of Connecticut students gathered just before midnight in a cemetery ready to do battle with menacing clowns they had heard might be lurking among the headstones. It's the clowns part that has something to do with the Mm -hmm. presidential elections. (laughs) Police determined that Monday's clown rumors were a hoax. Imagine that. But dozens of similar reports have surfaced across the country, largely on social media. Now, I'm going to stop there for a minute because this actually sounds like a joke to me. It sounds like a joke story. It is not. No. I did numerous searches for this. And the stories basically read the same from whatever outlet you read them from. Anyway, authorities are being forced to take them seriously as the potential threat to public safety grows, particularly at schools where principals have conducted lockdowns and canceled classes for fear of clowns. Wow. Clown incidents have been reported this week at schools around the U.S., including Penn State University, where police said more than 500 students showed up early Tuesday to hunt for clowns. Wow. Officials officials at Merrimack College in North Andover, Massachusetts, ordered students to shelter in place for more than 30 minutes Monday night and evacuated a dorm after social media reports that an armed clown could be on campus. Wow. Now, sociologists say that panic over clowns, which may seem silly from a distance, it's, it seems silly, yeah, it does seem silly from a distance, is actually a new twist on a phenomenon as old as witch hunts. So you have the same mentality that is sort of whipped up, sort of an irrational fear of the unknown, Uh, fits perfectly with our theme today. 
Posts on Twitter, Instagram, and other sites often contain videos, images, and statements that lack any context, factual filters, or important details that would be in an actual news report. In a closed social situation, such as a school or university campus, they can easily lead to a less, what this um, gentleman is calling, a less than rational response. Yes. I I mean, I, I read these stories, and every time I read them, I thought, this, this has to be a joke, right? Right. I, you just can't believe that a, a group of people as large as 500 literally have gone searching for armed clowns. Yeah. And what do you think they would do to said clown if they had found right. a clown? What if they had found a clown, an innocent clown? What if Ronald McDonald was just taking a break? <laughs> Or someone's I mean, literally on their way to a birthday party. I mean, you you know, talk about pitchforks and torches and it's I mean, they tar and feather him. I mean, it, who knows? It's it's now, you know, all jokes aside, uh any anyone dressed like a clown that's lurking in the woods near uh you know, I guess I'd say near populated areas, but even if it's unpopulated, you should especially. not be doing that. No, and uh, no. even if you think it's funny, you're going to take the consequences of people that don't think it's funny at all, and yeah. uh, you're playing on people's fears, and so you're going to reap the consequences of that. There's something interesting, though, um, that he started to discuss. That they quoted some experts in here that I didn't quote, but um, the thing that he started to discuss is this idea of social media sort of taking us backwards in right. time right. rather than taking us forward. Right. Panic, irrational panic, seems yep. to spread very quickly yes on social media and it's something that th- there's also this other element involved that actually does have to do with the presidential election and that is this idea where every news outlet is lying to you and every single news report is a lie and a hoax and not true and so instead of um and, it, and it's probably has something to do with social media because i have to tell you people do pass along things that are just right they just totally click and absurd. share without uh knowing I, we've we've right. had this many times here where I, that's how i discovered what snopes.com was because right. we had so many email hoaxes going through right. and people good willed people sending passing them on thinking that they're helping share some valuable information to protect someone what they don't realize is no no there, there's this phenomenon that says that the the gatekeepers have been eliminated, and that can have a positive and negative qu- consequence. Mm-hmm. So the theory has been for a long time that the the news media is biased, and there's obviously some truth to that. Uh, we can see it by what we look at. But w- when you get to the point where you've gone past the point of saying, well, it's a bias, now you believe that just everything you see is not only potentially a lie, but probably a lie. Yep. Now you're now you've got to the point where paranoia. Yeah, is that's kind of a of weird it. convergence because right. you have, you know, some people have this this fear like uh, cholerophobia, the fear of clowns, right? right? So you have that, and then you take a picture that has no context, possibly, right? Just it, you know, it seems scarier out of place, and then you take this distrust of any other source of information. It's kind of the perfect convergence of. Uh, of a bad, bad uh, scenario yeah. happening. And There's so- also something called social proof, which what that means is if a friend of yours says, 
well, I saw a clown right. holding a gun, you know, in the woods today. Yep. And they pass that along. Even if it's somebody playing a prank, it's somebody uh, trying to cause trouble. It's a, that person because you just by virtue of the fact that you actually know them. It's not yep. coming from a right. some crank source, right. but you actually know them. You tend to believe that yep. whether or not they actually have any credibility or not. Right, and, and, and uh, people are masters at putting things on social media that basically if you don't forward it, you're saying, I don't care about the rest of the world. So yes. uh, I, I, I almost fell prey to this recently. Someone had on their social media that they were trying to celebrate their parents' 75 years of being married. Wow. And they had contacted the local media, and no one wanted to cover it, and so they put it on their social media. And it's plausible. This person's age, I could see because of their age, and their parents must be almost 100. That would make sense. It would match up. So they posted it as a firsthand account. Right. It wasn't but it repost wasn't. this. It right. wasn't. So I contacted them because I was like, hey, you know what? That'd be a great Live Till 5 story. So I personal messaged them and said, um, I'd love to cover your parents' 75th wedding anniversary. Tell me more. And they sent back a message said, oh, I'm sorry. I posted that for a friend. They forwarded it on their Facebook, and then I forwarded it. And so what happens is you could have total fiction, just absolute fiction, circulated by thousands Instantly, yeah. Especially if it's compelling, or it, or it plays on fear, you know, things like that. And I have to tell you that there is there's actually a there's actually a a personal integrity issue involved here. Is that you really that you don't get a pass for that right. as a right. Christian as right. a believer? I've tried to explain this to college students who just sort of, um, there are certain college students who you will speak with. I'm not going to apply it to everybody. Mm-hmm. But there are certain college students that I would speak with who sort of think all bets are off if it's on social media. Right, like, right. They get free I don't pass. have yeah. to verify this or right, anything. Right. It's like a free pass. But we actually, if you're a if you're a person who's trying to maintain integrity in your life, you probably should think twice about what you post on. You should examine something before you post it on social media. Um, and and you don't really get a free pass for that. Right, right. You still have to be um, let your yeah. yay be yay and your nay be nay, even if because a lot of people are seeing that and that impacts your personal testimony as a sure. believer. Yeah, you're culpable. I mean, for for anything that you post, uh, it is, and that's a lesson that people of all ages need to learn, young and old. Yep. I think we all get pretty brave behind the keyboard. Sure. So, uh, well, that's. Yeah, it's not necessarily good news, and if you do see a clown in the woods, of course, uh, you know, report it. Don't go after them with a nine iron. Just call nine one one. Let them know I saw a clown in the woods. We've had no incidents of that here on Guam, and the few incidents they've had in the states, they have had a few sightings like that. Most of them are pranks, but you, you know, it does play on our fears for sure. Wow. It's like the one thing you never want to <laughs> encounter is a clown right. in the woods for any reason. So, but yep. uh, good point on uh, screening our use of social media, making sure that we're being wise as Christians. So, thanks a lot, Chris, and uh, have a great weekend. You too. All right. Listeners, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, 
Continuing on with our topic, fears and phobias, I have a number of common fears, including, we'll touch on, calorophobia, uh, the fear of clowns, but we'll talk about what are the most common fears out there amongst people, and why are they afraid of those, and then how many of those are really rational, realistic fears that they need to truly be concerned with, versus what should they be, what mortal fears should they actually have by the numbers. So, stick around, more Live Till 5 after this short break. With a little more live till five, I'm your host Jared Baldwin. It's Friday, October seventh, four thirty-five p.m. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of KHMG Harvest Family Radio. We've been on the air over twenty years. We've been doing this show for about three and a half, episode one hundred and eighty-seven, I believe. You might be listening to us on Saturday afternoon between noon and two. That's because we rebroadcast this show in its entirety, noon to two, Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night. So catch us on the rebound. You can also listen to the podcast. Go to khmg.org. There are a lot of obvious ways you can listen there. I won't explain all of them. Just go to khmg.org. Check out our website. You can listen to different podcasts, not only of this show, but of some of the really good shows that we do, too. And uh, including Building Great Leaders and Heart of Harvest and all of our interview programs and things like that. Our archives are there. You can also listen to a stream of our radio station over your computer. And then you can download the app, tune into your smartphone or your tablet, your computer, listen to the radio stream that way. So a lot of different ways. You can also communicate with us through Harvest Family Radio on Facebook. If you'd like to leave us a note, maybe private messages, let us know what you think about the show and about the radio station in general. Maybe let us know what your favorite part is. We'd love to hear from our listening audience out there. Now, today we are talking about fears and phobias, and some are rational, some are irrational. Before we get to that, though, one of my segments that I've been doing ever since the very first show is called Stranger Than Fiction because oftentimes truth is stranger than fiction. Sometimes those stories that are true sound like they're make-believe. And then, of course, there are plenty of make-believe stories out there that make you sound make sound like they're true. Chris and I just talked about that on social media. But this is true. This is from CBS News. I just printed this up uh, today. Sent to me by a person who, I mean, their whole life is stranger than fiction. They're, they they dwell in this stranger than fiction. They they just love this stranger than fiction stuff. I could have him be my full-time research assistant if, if I only paid. And uh, we'll just go by his initials, BL. He sent me this one today. Glenn Shalman suffers from three separate brain diseases, the combination of which cause frequent seizures. He has been diagnosed with uh, polymicrogyra and, and unilateral schizophalia, schizencephalia, which both involve malformations of the brain and a type of brain tumor known as a hypothalamic hamartoma. Obviously, seizures are always dangerous, but when they occur while a person is sleeping, they can interfere with breathing and quickly turn deadly. 
Luckily for Glenn, he now has a furry safeguard against the worst-case scenario. Glenn adopted Blake. Now, before I continue, I'll step away from the story here for a second. When I say rescue animal, what is the first animal that comes to your mind? Rescue animal. Yes. A dog, right? Usually you think rescue dog, rescue animal. Um, uh, Like a St. Bernard. St. Bernard's would be the, you know, kind of the typical, uh, stereotypical rescue animal. They rescue people on the slopes and things like that. Well, Glenn adopted Blake, his one-year-old black rescue animal from PetSmart in Fort Worth, Texas. He thought Blake had never received any, although he's never received any formal training, he now acts as a bona fide therapy animal, biting Glenn's toes to wake him up whenever a seizure occurs at night. Yes, yes, that is true. So this rescue animal bites Glenn on the toes to startle him from his sleep if he's starting to have a seizure. What's more, the cat also reportedly, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, it's a cat, a black cat biting his toes while he sleeps. Now, you and I both know that that cat does not think he's helping Glenn. That cat is just biting his toes to be mean. Anyway, I digress. That's more editorial comments. What's more, the cat has also reportedly developed the ability to sense when a seizure is about to come on. Shalomon is now believed to be the oldest living person with his rare combination of brain conditions, and that is sad. Thanks in no small part to his loving companion, Blake, whom he, de- who he once rescued as an, at an adoption event and is now rescuing him back on a daily basis. So, rescue cat, biting him on the toes. Well, you know, in some ways, I guess you could say finally a useful cat, but I digress. Back to the topic of fear and phobias. This came up in the New York Times today. Uh... Uh, yesterday in the States, but How to Get People to Evacuate, Try Fear by Christopher Melee. Emergency managers trying to persuade residents to evacuate as a hurricane approaches can be like parents trying to cajole their children to do something. They rely on a blend of fear, tough love, and their authority. So, for example, he gives this this illustration here. Uh, He says that 5% of the people will not evacuate no matter what you say. But he, under the, the paragraph that says fear is good, he says, before Hurricane Sandy struck in 2012, some residents who refused to evacuate were asked to write their Social Security numbers on their arms in permanent marker so that they could be identified if they did not survive. And Kara uh, Cute, Associate Research Professor at Rutgers University in New Jersey, Studies Risk Communication, wrote in an email, um, communicators do this to stress the possibility that people who do not evacuate could be killed. And then uh, Governor Rick Scott of Florida, for example, while warning that some areas of the state would be hit with 150-mile winds and millions would lose power, stressed this, the storm will kill you. Time is running out. So he's using fear as a motivator. However, this article mentions that you need to choose your words carefully. The author goes on to say emergency managers should avoid saying voluntary evacuation to make it clear that residents are being ordered to leave even if no one is going to remove them forcibly from their homes. So that's very important. Don't say voluntary evacuation. Make it geographically personal is the recommendation of this author as well. Authorities should highlight areas to be evacuated, explain why the residents that are there are in danger. 
And uh, basically, the governor wants the 1.5 million residents under mandatory evacuation um, uh, to follow the law. This is clearly going to either have a direct hit or come right along our coast, and we're going to have hurricane-force winds, the governor said. And then, it, you know, they recommend also using apps and things like that. But basically, the, the, uh, the idea is that fear is a great motivator when you're trying to get people to do things. So what do people fear most? If I was to ask you as a listener, what is the thing in life that you fear the most? How about you kids that are listening right now? Maybe you're driving home from church on Sunday night or you're running errands on Friday afternoon or Saturday afternoon. What do you fear most? What would be the one thing that is the most, just makes you the most afraid? Well, let me give you the 10 things that people fear most, according to this blog by Dr. Michael Reese. And uh, he had a reason for writing this because I'll tell you what kind of doctor he is in a second. Fear of public speaking. Do you have a fear of public speaking? Some people, they break into a cold sweat. If you ask them to stand up in front of a group of people, they would really be nervous. Fear of heights. Now, anyone can experience vertigo eventually, but uh, some people have a deathly fear of heights. Going to the dentist, and actually the author of this blog, he is a dentist, going to the dentist. Snakes. Some people really don't like snakes. Even tough people. People that could... You know, wrestle an alligator would freak out at the littlest garter snake. Uh, flying. Some people really don't like flying. Today, one of our uh, listeners, Casey, told me that flying over the ocean is especially intimidating. Spiders and insects. Si- spiders and insects can be very scary. I mean, if you think about it, so you could have a boonie dog sitting on the front step of your house and you walk right up to it and say, get out of here and kick it. But a little tiny cockroach could send a grown man or woman to stand on top of a chair. How about this? Enclosed spaces. Some people just are afraid of being in a tight space. Mice, such a small little creature, can uh, send, send people just running. Dogs, some people hate dogs. They just are afraid of them. And thunder and lightning. Some people, they grow out of that. Um... Some people don't. But yeah, thunder and lightning. Now, uh, let's see here. When it comes to fears, let me just give you a study that was done in Vanity Fair. And uh, it starts off with this. This month, we Americans confront our fears and uh, uh, or in any event, our relationship to our fears. Most of, most of us, 82%, say we agree with FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Remember the buck stops here in the beginning of the show? That we have nothing to fear but fear itself. So, here are some of the studies that they did uh, for fears in America. This is Vanity Fair survey recently came out with this study. Franklin Delano Roosevelt famously said, There's nothing to fear but fear itself. Which comes closest to your view? This is a good way to view the world or this is the silly nonsense? Well, a good way to view the world, 82% of Americans believe that that's a good way to view the world, that there's only just fearing fear itself. is That is true. 14% thinks that's nonsense. What type of situation makes you the most anxious? Well, uh, answer a phone without caller ID, 6%, 8%, 6% 
of Americans, it makes them anxious to answer a phone without caller ID. Which one of the following fears do you think is most ridiculous? Fear of clowns, commitment, dentist, needles, public speaking, or flying? Well, glad you asked. The fear of clowns, 49% of people have a fear of clowns that were in this survey. As far as they might not be afraid of clowns, but they think that um, the, the fear of clowns is the most ridiculous of all the fears, yet a lot of people have it. 49% of Americans surveyed think it's a silly fear, but a lot of people still have that fear. Whereas uh, the next one down was commitment, 13%. Fear of the dentist, 10%. The, most, uh, the least silly of them all was fear of flying. Whose wrath do you fear the most? Most Americans fear God's wrath the most. And then their spouse's wrath, second. Parents, third. And your boss, last. Which is more likely to keep you awake at night? Things already on your mind or the unknown or unexpected? Well, Americans are most anxious about the here and now. Things that are already on their minds, 77%. Which one of the following do you most fear will put an end to humanity? Now, obviously, these people might not have a biblical eschatology. Americans are most fearful that nuclear war will end humanity, even more than a deadly virus. 35% of Americans surveyed think nuclear war would be the most likely way humanity will end a deadly virus, 23%. And the rapture, believe it or not, 15%. They believe this is Vanity Fair magazine. Do you think that people who risk their lives to climb Mount Everest are mostly fearless or mostly reckless? Well, mostly fearless. 61% of Americans think that. What do you think would make the United States more secure? To be loved around the world or to be feared around the world? To be loved, 66%. To be feared, 30%. And finally, which one of the following foreign powers do you fear the most? Men and women. ISIS, men 28%, 47% women. China, 37% for men, 21% for women. Russia, 20% for men, 18% for women. Liberia, 2% for men, 3% for women. WikiLeaks, 3% for men, 2% for women. So ISIS make women most scared, and China make men most scared. Those are the fears in America. Now let's talk about this fear of clowns for just a moment. And when you see certain pictures of clowns, I mean, that cholrophobia is a creepy, scary thing, uh, partially because... uh, even if you've never read a Stephen King novel, which I really don't recommend any of them, but he wrote one called It, and the bad guy in the story is a is a evil clown, so it just kind of feeds the fear. But, you know, clowns go way back, way, way back in medieval times, uh, whether it's in Shakespearean times or in the, in the, uh, the castles, they would have a jester. But did you know the first clown, according to this article that I'm reading here, I don't even know the source right now off the top of my head, but he his name was uh, Grimaldi, Joey Grimaldi, in the early 1800s, devised a standard clown's makeup, stark white face paint with bright red spots on his cheeks as a way of exaggerating his facial features. And uh, he was he was basically acting as a clown in the newly expanded Gregorian Halls. Grimaldi was one of the earliest celebrities 
which meant the public were aware of his sad personal life behind his joyous performance. Grimaldi's first wife died during childbirth, and his son was an alcoholic who died at age 30. The effort of Grimaldi's clowning acrobatics left him with painful joints and respiratory problems. Offstage, according to this article, he was an extreme melancholy who would say, I make you laugh at night, but I'm grim all day. So uh, he, he kind of painted the original image of a clown that what is behind the mask or behind the makeup is not really what you're seeing on the outside. Um, it doesn't help that, uh, you know, basically modern media and movies and things like that have taken clowns and made them extra scary. So I won't talk anymore about it because some of you are cringing already. So we'll just we'll just let that go now and kind of move on to something happier here. How about this? Ten things that are more likely than a shark attack. All right? Not that shark attacks are happier, but they're happier than clowns, that's for sure, for most people. Did you know you're more likely to be accepted at Harvard than to be attacked by a shark. Matter of fact, it's only one out, six out of 100 get accepted to Harvard that apply. Being born with an extra finger or toe, that's one in 500. Catching a foul ball, that's one in 680. Living to 100 years old, that's 1.73 out of 10,000. Being injured by a toilet, <laughs> 96 people out of 100,000 are injured by toilets. So a toilet is a lot more dangerous than a shark, theoretically. Making a hole-in-one, that's one in every 12,500 amateur golfers. Being hit by a comet or an asteroid, that's one in 75,000. Having conjoined twins, that's one in every 200,000 live births. Getting struck by lightning is 94 in a million. Wow, that's very low odds. Being dealt a royal flush. That's one in 649,740. But the best luck playing the odds with the next lottery ticket, chances of claiming a Powerball jackpot are still even lower than getting attacked by a shark. One in 175 million. So according to the fisheries blog, all of those things are more likely to happen to you than being attacked by a shark. Well, that's very interesting. Maybe you don't have to be afraid of that anymore. When we come back, a few final things about fear, including how to stay safe from lightning and some other stats, things that you do not have to be afraid of anymore. Stick around. A little more Live Till 5 after this. with the last few minutes of Live Till 5 here on KHMG. Friday, October 7th, about 4.56 p.m. You know, I'm going to hold some of this information for next week. Things that you should be more concerned with than shark attacks or lightning strikes. But let me finish this 
because it has been stormy and I actually saw lightning even just last night right here on Guam, I want to share with you some facts about lightning, including, uh, let's see here, it strikes about 25 million times a year in the U.S. Um, and did you know that lightning does not have to hit someone directly? People fall victim to lightning strikes because of nearby objects, the current jumps. Also because ground current strikes affect a much larger area than other causes of lightning casualties, the current travels over the surface of the ground. This is where most uh, deaths come from and injuries. Uh, also, it can travel through like wires and things like that. Lightning strikes can create um, enduring lifelong discomfort because they cause nerve damage. Even though strikes are up this year, the number is much less than the 1940s when three to 400 people died annually. And I think it's because most people had corded phones back then. While people think golfers are at highest risk, between 2006 and 2014, people fishing accounted for more than three times as many deaths as golfers, while camping and boating each were responsible for almost two times as many deaths as golf. During the same period, a majority of victims were male between the ages of 10 and 60, and most of them were engaged in outdoor leisure activity. During thunderstorms, this is very interesting, lightning can strike up to 10 miles away. That distance is when you can just begin to hear thunder, which is why safety experts urge you to go inside as soon as we hear a distant rumble. Many victims have either been heading to safety at the time of a fatal strike or were just steps away from safety. And here's some additional information, and we'll wrap up with this. When you hear thunder, immediately move to safe shelter, a substantial building with electricity or plumbing, or enclosed metal top vehicles or windows. Uh, you You want to basically stay away from that. Stay off of corded phones. Avoid plumbing, including sinks, baths, faucets. Stay away from windows. Do not lie on concrete floors or lean against concrete walls. And uh, much, much more. You want to make sure you practice wisdom around lightning. And next week we'll talk about some other things that, uh, some different mortality information, things that uh, you need to be maybe a little more concerned with than even lightning strikes and things like that. So we'll take take a chance to wrap up the topic today, fears and phobias. Hopefully it was entertaining to you, a little informational, a little bit edifying. It's fun to do this show, fastest two hours of my week, live till 5, 3 to 5 p.m. Every Friday afternoon, rebroadcasting from noon to 2 Saturdays, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday nights. Catch us online, khmg.org. There are about half a dozen different ways you can listen to us. Not only this show, but everything KHMG does through khmg.org. Let us know you're listening, either through our website or through Facebook, Harvest Family Radio. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host of Live Till 5. And this is being broadcast on KHMG 88.1 FM, Barragata Guam, Harvest Family Radio. Have a great weekend.